Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glinksman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And we've been talking for 20 minutes, but one of us didn't hit record. So yeah, we're, yeah, we're just yeah, going to go now. We had some tremendously insightful things uh, that is you know lost on the rest of the world. But just trust us. They were smart. To catch you up briefly, there's a blizzard in Milwaukee. It's in the low 80s in Phoenix. <laughs> but I'm told summer is coming. They keep That's promising right. it. Uh, <laughs> and it's coming here, too. Because when it comes there, it's going to be about 110 here. But before summer is spring, for some places, not yep. in Milwaukee, obviously. Uh, and with spring comes spring football. Matt, Herm has completed spring football. Yeah, I'm buying in. Uh, I'm not in, but I am. I am hedging my negative feelings and buying some yeah. Herm Edwards stock. And I don't think you're alone. I, I mean, you're not alone because I am too, and I don't think uh, we're in the minority necessarily. I mean, look, there's a lot of people that are certainly you know nationwide and and people who don't like ASU certainly, but. Um, you know, on a national basis, there's a lot of people waiting for this to fail so they can say, I told you so. But I do feel like locally, there is a, a different vibe than there was three months ago. Um, and, and maybe a vibe that this, this, uh, won't be so bad. Now, are, are we, are we fooling ourselves? It's possible. I mean, you know, uh, like, could we look back at this in, in two, three, four years and say, geez, we really fooled ourselves into thinking this wasn't going to be so bad. And all those warning signs, they were legitimate warning signs. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like what they did. I like, you know, the, the feeling that came out of spring practice. And that's all you can say right now, as I've said before. I mean, until games are played, it's, a, it's an incomplete verdict. But um, it feels better than I thought it would. I think that Merlin's going to wind up starting at middle linebacker because I think that that's what they are signaling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's going to be uh, you know a lot of, of uh, new faces on defense, um, even in the secondary where we you know bring back a lot of the guys who played last year. It feels like you know there's there's potentially you know Jalen Harvey is maybe going to be a starter. He wasn't even a safety last year, so. Uh, it's a total changeover. I mean, that was one of the themes that came out of spring was, you know, the offense had some continuity. Their coach is, is, you know, a different coordinator, but he was on the staff. They bring back a lot of guys defensively. is a completely different story. A lot of guys out, totally new coaching staffs uh, that's coaching that side of the ball and, and, you know, basically start from square one. Offensively, really – there's only one question on one line spot, and it's going to be filled by a guy who started some number of games last year. You know, with Tucker coming in, he's going to move to one of the tackle spots. They're moving yeah. Cabral from tackle to center. Right. And then the two guard spots are really down to three guys. And then you yeah. got Bailey at the other tackle spot. So it's going to be pretty consistent. The receivers are who yeah. we expected. The running backs are who we expected. They brought in more running backs, so I guess there might right. be some change that there. Will be, that will be a position, I think, where you know we're, we're pretty light right now until the recruits get here. I mean, basically it was Eno Benjamin and Traylon Smith in the in the you know spring, and Benjamin I guess was hurt at the end of spring. He didn't he didn't participate in the spring game, so um, there wasn't a lot of depth there. But there should be a lot more coming. I think we signed what four or five running backs. Yeah, we, you know, take high school and JUCO. So. 
there's there's plenty of options coming in. That'll be an opportunity for you know some of those guys to steal playing time. But yeah, I mean, you know, you've got a returning quarterback, you've got a, a deep receiving core with pretty much everybody back from last year, I guess, except Jalen Harvey, who was moving positions, and then Sean Humphrey, who got hurt. But um, you know, you didn't lose anybody to graduation. Line is pretty much intact. Uh, you know, tight ends are back. So, yeah, it should. I mean, the offense should be ahead of the defense at least now, and and probably through the preseason because you know they they have a lot of carryover, whereas the defense doesn't have much at all. One additional point about running back before we flip over to defense. I think it is telling that they moved Ralston to linebacker, mm-hmm. that they must think the running backs they have coming in, plus Benjamin and Smith, are going to be good. Are good enough. I agree. I agree, yeah, because you took away some of the returning depths that you had. So, yeah, they they, uh, they must have belief that the new kids will be up to the task of at least, you know, being able to play some. Um, certainly, I think, you know, Benjamin's going to be where it, where it starts, uh, you know, it provided good health. I think he's going to be the number one back um, and showed flashes last year of being up to that. Small flashes, but they were they were there. And, you know, Smith, we didn't see much of at all, but, you know, I know they liked him last year. So, um, yeah, that'll, that'll be obviously a, a question mark on offense because you lose so much production from Balazs and Richard, you know, guys who were, you know, here for four years. Both of them contributed a lot in those four years. So there'll be there'll be some loss there and interesting how it replaces. But um, you got a third year quarterback. You got good receivers. You got a veteran offensive line. I mean, you don't you don't have a lot of excuses if your offense isn't pretty good. Uh, you know, and short of injuries like this, this offense should be up to the task. And even with injuries, unless it is the top line guy, right. you know, if it's Harry, okay, all right, yeah, I agree. Yeah, you know, and, and, and probably if it's Manny, Williams, I was going to say if it's Manny, uh, I think that's true too. But yeah, you know, behind them, the receiving core should go six, seven deep with Hodges and all those guys and some guys that you know had kind of been lost in the shuffle that you heard. And now again, it's spring put that word of caution, you, you know, every year there's guys who are spring, you know, all-stars who don't translate it to playing games, but, you know, Ryan Jenkins and Terrell Chapman and, you know, those are guys who were not on the radar last year. They were on the roster, but they didn't play. And then you add them to Terry Hodges, uh, Darby, you know, Ryan Newsom, Frank Darby, Kyle Williams. Uh, Kyle Williams. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's five guys back right there. Even with the loss of Humphrey and Harvey to defense, you got a lot of returning talent there. Plus, again, you know, a couple guys who were here last year but really didn't play much. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there there should be plenty of options. Yeah, I mean, Nikhil Harry, I think, is head and shoulders the best guy, and if he goes out, that that would change the dynamic of everything else. But uh, you know, the rest of the group should be able to fill in around him, and and yeah, I mean, you know. Manny's the guy. There's no question about that at quarterback, and he's kind of taken ownership of the team. And so, if he would miss time, we'll see. I don't know what we have in terms of depth there. We have some pretty untested guys, but uh, yeah, I mean, short of that, we should be able to withstand injuries on offense as well. Hopefully, interesting that Barnett got the feature story about the "Don't forget about me" guy. Right. Right. Yeah, it's it's funny. I, you know, I went to the spring game and 
And, uh, you know, they, they finally went to 11 on 11 and, and, you know, Wilkins obviously got the first run down the field and then they subbed in and, and, you know, they put in Barnett and I, I had the reaction of like, you know, oh, I want to see Dylan Sterling Cole. I'm thinking, man, a year ago, I'd have been, you know, really here to see Blake Barnett. And, you know, it, it, he hasn't done anything to, to lose, um, the attention or, or, or the, the fanfare. I mean, he hasn't played. But there's a feeling of, oh, he's kind of yesterday's news. And, and maybe he's not. Maybe we shouldn't be saying that because he could be the starter next year. You know, I mean, he's in position to be the starter next year if things go as you'd expect. So, um, you know, maybe we shouldn't have forgotten about him just yet, but it's kind of easy to. For better or worse, we are set up for a number of one-year starters right now. Yeah. Perhaps somebody wins the job who's younger, whether it be Kelly or DSC. Right. But it appears that the system would have it go Manny to Barnett to DSC to Kelly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and who knows, you know, projecting out that far. And, and, you know, there's been some good buzz about um, Sterling Cole in the spring and that he was really, you know, pushing Barnett for the number two job and that that's a job that I don't think is decided. You know, I mean, they they uh, have made it clear from day one of the Herm Edwards era and really before that Manny Wilkins was the unquestioned starter on this team. I mean, the day that Todd Graham got fired, Ray Anderson brought him up in the press conference. So there was no doubt about that. But I think anything beyond that is up for grabs. And, uh, you know, we'll see if, if Barnett can hang on to it or if maybe uh, one of the kids can overtake him. Defensive side of the ball gets a little more dicey. Yeah. Um, Jalen Bates is getting a lot of attention. It looks like he's in line to be the starter on the line. Yeah. And I think that is good. He's got a lot of talent. Um, He has not really shown much of it in game action. There were flashes, but not a ton. And he's been battling injuries. And, And that might be the theme for the entire defense. Is if guys can stay healthy, yeah. it's not so bad, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In the secondary, Lucas, um, Kobe Williams stayed healthy for most of the year. You you would wonder is Joey Bryant gonna be back in time for any Who games knows? this action, or, yeah. do you, or do you just assume that you redshirt him if he has the right. ability to get a medical redshirt after JUCO? Which I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, his his eligibility is so vague because he's not only a juco but he really he didn't play football and yeah he ran track yeah he's he's one of those that you know if you're working in the sid department you're probably thinking uh what is this guy is he a junior is he a redshirt sophomore is he a senior who who knows uh you know he could he could be one of those guys who we find out oh he's out of eligibility by the way um because yeah his his career is kind of bizarre but yeah, I mean, there's there's no doubt Chase Lucas is the focal point. I mean, if if um, if the offensive face is Manny Wilkins, it feels like the defensive face is Chase Lucas, which is amazing because you know last year he was kind of a question mark as to even if he was going to be a starter, but he had a pretty good year, and uh, you know, thanks in part, I guess, because you know guys left some that we expected back, Christian Sam and JoJo Wicker, obviously being the ones I'm thinking of. You know, he's the guy. He's he's the face of the defense right now, and uh, hopefully he can continue to play at the level or, and even better than the level he played at last year. 
I'm curious as we head to the draft what will happen to Wicker. Sam graduated. Yeah, Sam appears to be, uh, you know, from what I've heard, and again, this time of year, eh, who knows, but the thought is Sam's going to go probably on day two, second or third round. Um, You know, he maybe slips into, you know, early day three. Um, But that's not bad, you know, if if indeed. But yeah, Wicker, I mean, you always wonder with these guys when they leave early and the same for, what was it, Sam Jones? Um, You know, will it be worth it? you know, the one I always remember is Brock Osweiler, obviously. When he left, the general reaction was, what are you doing? What a stupid move. Well, he ended up going in the second round. Right then, pretty much, it was a good move. And what happened in his career since, I think, only validated that. So you never know. Well, you know, uh, things weird things happen on those three days of the draft. I also think when it's the Christian Sam situation, where you've already graduated, and then yeah. it's just a question of am I going to try to find another college to play for for a year, or am I going to try to make it as a pro? If you're going to try to make it as a pro anyway, go. Just I agree. Go. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense for him, and you know, he's battled some injuries, and uh, you know, realistically, you look at certain positions, certain guys. I mean, let's say he had gone somewhere else, is he really going to improve his stock that much in another year? Probably not. You know, if he had come back here, probably not. Um, all you're doing is is another year of getting your body beat up for for no money. Um, you know, I mean, you're not getting paid to take those beatings. And now so you're you taking well, a, a year of grad school that you right, probably don't right. need. And if you transfer, right. it's in something that you might not even want. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it uh, it's logical for him to have left and. You know, and I, I, I mean, I get why all of them left. If you have the opportunity, but now it comes down to where does it, where does it go? Where do you land? Um, and and you know, do you take advantage of that initial opportunity? None of them are going to be first round picks. Um, Sam maybe will go second or third round. We'll see. More likely, the other two are going on day three, if at all. No guarantees. You know, things yeah. weird things do happen, and guys get undrafted. Who you think? How'd that happen? Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see in, in uh, you know, 10 days or so where they've all landed. Special teams was as expected. It's still Sleep Dalton. It's still yeah. Reese. Brandon Reese, yeah, who, who, you know, should be one of the better kickers in the conference and in the country, hopefully. Uh, you know, he had a pretty darn good freshman year. He, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't All-American, but he was pretty good for a true freshman. Big um, leg. Not a, yeah. Big leg, made big kicks. You know, uh, you know, it wasn't a perfect year, but for a, for a freshman year with a lot of hype, he for the most part lived up to it. I'd say. Um, so yeah, you hope that they can you know continue to to be good. And um, you know, we did we did hang on to Slocum right as the special teams coach. Yeah. I know there was some some rumor there. You know, even in February that he was going to end up back in the NFL, but didn't happen. So. You know, again, some continuity there is good. Um, very little continuity on defense, but a lot on in the other two phases. So hopefully that will help. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe a little continuity on defense is a good thing. I mean, <laughs> it has been our Achilles heel the last three years. Even mm-hmm. last year when it was better, it still wasn't good. It was just better than the, you know, terrible bottom that we were in 2016. Last point I want to make about the Sun Devils, and then we'll move on. Antonio Pierce 
changing sides in the rivalry story over under second fall camp day. Meaning what the media take on it? Yeah. That it's going to be in a Howler notebook or a Metcalf uh, yeah. story or a Bickley column. <laughs> yeah, it will, it will be a, it's yeah, you're, you're dead on there. It's a, uh, it's a ready-made, um, you know, preseason camp story. And one that they can continue to milk as long as he's here. Um, you know, I mean, that's that's an easy story to write. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm sure it will be a popular one. And he seems to be kind of a kind of a vocal coach, um, active on you know social media circles and things like that. So he and John you know, Simon have found a kinship on social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so he's going to put himself out there, and you know, I mean, he's been on TV. Uh, so yeah, he's not going to shy away from the limelight, I would think. And, you know, I, I, I don't know how Herm will handle his assistance. I mean, some coaches are very protective and they keep their assistance hidden away. I doubt that's going to be the case with Herm Edwards because he hasn't kept himself hidden away. Uh, I mean, he, he, there's not a, there isn't a camera or a microphone that he said no to yet. I don't think. And who knows if, and when he will, he probably will after the first loss. Um, coaches tend to change when they lose a game and all of a sudden they start getting criticized. But right now he's, he's, you know, free and open and he loves everybody and everybody loves him. Herm, if you're listening or more likely Mark Brand, if you're listening, still not that likely. Okay. If somebody who knows Mark Brand is listening, right? Herm's welcome anytime. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, I say it in jest, but, you know, he, he hasn't said no to much from what I've witnessed and heard. And, uh, you know, again, I will be interested to see how that openness carries over, you know, if we lose two of the first three or two of the first four, you know, all of a sudden people are starting to question you and, you know, coaches get defensive. And right now he's not being questioned for anything, you know, as far as losses. He might be being questioned, but he can say, well, trust me, I know what I'm doing. Well, you know, you lose to Michigan State, you lose to Washington, all of a sudden things may change. Yeah. All right. Pivot NBA talk. Yep. The Bucks are down 0-2. Some people are shocked. This might be just coaching versus coaching. Um, and also the fact that the Bucks basically have a game plan of Giannis, you do everything, and hopefully that works. Yeah, you know, the game one was a very entertaining game, um, and, and they had a chance to steal it. You know, you know the, the shot by Middleton to force OT was, was, you know, the ending of that game was great. Um, you know, the ending of regulation, I should say. You know, three, three threes in the last, what, six seconds of the game yeah. um, or something like that. You know, Brogdon made the tire, and then Rozier. Uh, you know, game two was, was uh, not close, really, pretty much in hand the whole second half. Still think Milwaukee will probably get a game, maybe two. Um, you know, they might. It wouldn't surprise me if they won three and four, and and at least even it. But uh, you know, we texted the night that the playoff matchups were set, and I, I just thought this was one that like it would be the popular upset pick. I know the day of Game One, Barkley, you know, was on TV. Oh, the Bucks are going to win this series. I just didn't see it. Brad Stevens is a really good coach, and the Celtics play well. The Celtics are a team where the some is greater than the parts right now, and the Bucks aren't. And and I think you know. Then then you add in that the Celtics can use that nobody respects us, nobody loves us card. 
which is a powerful thing in sports. Um, doesn't surprise me that they're up in the series, and it, it won't surprise me when and if they win the series. Are you surprised by the Pelicans? Yeah, yeah. I that mean, I one is a stunner to me. Yeah, I mean, it didn't surprise me for them to be able to I, – I thought, and, and it still could be a long series. I mean, it, you know, the West between, you know, three and eight – was to, was I think a, a difference of three games. I think the the Blazers finished with thirty three losses, and the T Wolves, who were the eight seed, finished with thirty six. So I mean, the, you know, even though the seeding say three versus six, like these teams were pretty darn even. But I am surprised that they that they won the first two on the road. Um, did not expect that. I I thought after winning game one, Portland would easily handle them in game two, and you know you start that potential six or seven game series and it, it still might be but definitely surprised at where it is right now yeah i'm it's, surprised at, look davis is great he's a oh yeah. he's a all world talent yeah and yeah i mean probably one of the top five players in the league this year i'd say and, and it's showing, and and part of the Blazers' problem is it's really the two guards, and they can't mm-hmm. play, they they can't or choose not to stagger them much, right? And you know their second team's getting killed, and Drew Holiday is playing all world defense, yeah. and it's playoff yeah. Rondo. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, they're getting contributions from guys that you know are are the glue guys, and then Davis is playing great, and yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, it's a fun start. I, you know, I, I like Anthony Davis. I have since he was at Kentucky, so I hope they can keep it up. Nothing against Portland. Um, but, you know, I'd love to see New Orleans win that series and, you know, have a have a matchup with Golden State. That would be an interesting one. Uh, you know, that's uh, Golden State's going to beat San Antonio. I think that's pretty easy to see. I'm hoping the Spurs can take a game or two just to keep it interesting. But they're not winning four out of five against them now, I don't think. So, um you know, we'll uh, we'll see, but yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully they can they can keep rolling and, and uh, you know at least get to round two and maybe maybe threaten the champs. Greg Popovich and Kawhi Leonard, do you think this is motivational? Because well, let me give you my take because yours will be yeah. for real because you actually follow this team. <laughs> my take, based only on what happened this past off season. Yeah. Is that Pop can really do or say anything because he can just fix it. The well, where I'm yeah. going with this is Lamarcus Aldridge. Yeah. Aldridge wanted to be traded. They wanted to trade him, and then you got to the off season, and Pop sat with him and came yep. out of it and publicly said, "I I didn't handle him right. I didn't do what yeah. I was supposed to do. I didn't yeah. Yeah. help him the way I needed to help him, and I'm sorry." And yeah. now he's yeah. playing great. The other and, part is and, the supermax that they can give him. There's that, yeah, and and the difference, of course, between you know what all I mean, Aldridge didn't have a great year last year, but he did play, and, and this is this has been bizarre. I don't know that I can compare this to anything, certainly not with the Spurs, and really anything in in sports. Um, the one that comes to mind for me, and this is not one that most people would know or remember, but um, was the ASU baseball team that I worked for in 2010 when Josh Spence you know, was just out week to week and ended up not pitching the entire year. And I know from, you know, from that team, I, you know, having worked with that team that they, they turned on him. They wanted no part of him. 
And I don't know what the Spurs, you know, player mentality is and coach, but you know, if you're not there for your guys, uh, you know, it's it's hard to win that trust back. And there is a definite vibe coming out of there that he should be playing and he just doesn't want to play. And that's really hard to get over that. So I, I don't know what happens with this from here. Your guess is as good as mine. Um, it's been a bizarre story and I don't know the end yet. Do you not think that there is some level of Miles Jack UCLA to this move? You know, maybe. Um, I'm hurt. I, I don't want to risk getting hurt more. And, I, and, and you know, I mean, I, I know I've heard the comparison made in the last, you know, two days that, well, if Isaiah Thomas had done this last year with Boston, he'd have made a lot more money. And that's a good point. You know, he, he played through injury. He played through injury again this year. And he probably cost himself a lot of money in this offseason. Um, the the um, weird part about this one for Kawhi Leonard is there's been very little support that he's actually not able to play. Uh, I mean, the, the uh, you know, and I realize team doctors have a different motivation than someone's personal trainer, doctor, whatever. Um, but, you know, the feeling has been he's okay to play and his his group, to put it in Greg Popovich's words, doesn't feel he is. And, and I don't know where that goes. I, I really don't. I mean, I, it's it's hard for me to comprehend that an injury that was supposed to keep him out for the preseason has kept him out for 73 games. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense to me, but that's where we are. And that now whatever they play in the playoffs, you add to that. Um, I, I don't know how to rectify that. Is there any part of you, though, that takes this? I heard this from, I think it was Bill Simmons, but I'm sure this take has been out there other places, Mm. where Kawhi came out and said, look, I've been hurt for the better part of two years, and Mm -hmm. last year I tried to play through it, and this year your doctors cleared me, and I played, and I re-aggravated it immediately. Yeah. And I don't trust your doctors anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's probably the case, I, I would guess. You know, I mean, I, I would guess that is the case. And the other interesting thing about this has been because of how Kawhi Leonard is, is you know, his personality. And I think, you know, that then stems to the people around him. He doesn't say anything. And he doesn't even, unlike, a, you know, somebody like LeBron or Kevin Durant or you know, these guys, they may not say anything directly, but they have ways of getting their message out there. They have sources, they have people they can, you know, he doesn't. So we've we've just had this, like, uncertainty all year about when he's going to come back, that he did come back, that he was out again, that he was going to New York to rehab, that he was back at San Antonio, and no one has really spoken up on his behalf, and maybe he would be better off if someone had. Um, but no one has. So we're left to draw conclusions and think, well, I don't know what's going on with this guy. The sound quality in your headphones or on your phone has not changed. Archie has just decided that now would be a great time to go dig on the chair right next to where we're recording. <laughs> I did hear that. Yeah, I wondered what that was. So that's just that's just him making his presence known. Yeah. Um, and now He's digging for an explanation on Kawhi Leonard's absence. There isn't one. Well, I'm glad you were able to turn that into something because I had nothing. That was good. <laughs> I mean, uh, well, yeah, it's, it's easy to because I felt like that's what, you know, me as a Spurs fan and a lot of people have been doing 
since October, which is trying to find something that just isn't there. And, you know, everybody assumes he's going to be traded in the offseason. I don't know if we know that yet. I mean, it's easy to draw that conclusion, but you're right. You know, they did they did fix what ailed the relationship with LaMarcus Aldridge. Now, I wonder, and I haven't heard this anywhere, but did that alienate Kawhi Leonard? Is Kawhi Leonard, you know, you know how guys are nowadays. They like to have their ego stroked. Um, did someone get in his ear and say, hey, why did they – why do they want to fix the, what ails LaMarcus Aldridge? You're the guy. Why aren't they worried about you? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know if that's the case, but it would make sense. Yeah. Well, it's probably good that they fixed that relationship given. It sure is. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they would not be in the playoffs without LaMarcus Aldridge. They're not, they're not getting past the first round. And I pretty much knew that from the moment that they got the seven seed. I, I thought they might've had a chance that they got the five or six against, you know, Portland or Utah or Oklahoma city, depending on how it shook out. Um, but they weren't beating Golden State. It's such a bad matchup for them because they they don't have a lot of offensive firepower. They have to be really good defensively to win games, and you can be really good defensively against Golden State, and they're still going to score a lot of points because you know they have Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, who are two of the best scorers in the NBA without Steph Curry. I mean, if Steph Curry was playing, it'd be even harder. But even without him, they're still pretty good. The Pacers right now are down six. If you're taping it, I'm sorry, I spoiled it. Um, no, that's okay, I'm not. But this series is crazy because they won the first game and they're, yeah. you know, they're hanging in Cleveland in kind of a must win for the Cavs. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it has the feel, doesn't it, of, of like things are going to end badly for the Cavs this year. Maybe they're not, you know, maybe there's enough to overcome that, but it, it does have the feel of, of um, it's ending soon. If it doesn't end this round, and I still think they'll win this series, but maybe, you know, if they lose tonight, I might have to, you know, change that perception. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I know the Raptors, a lot of people question the Raptors, and, and for good reason, but the Raptors are pretty good. And is this Cavs team as constructed unless LeBron just plays – out of his mind and scores, you know, 45 a game going to beat Toronto. I don't know that they can. I mean, we might have to get over the notion that, that LeBron on his own could beat anybody in the East. I'm not sure that's true anymore. LeBron's great, but the East has some pretty good teams and Toronto's the best of them. Well, he's got 42 tonight and the Pacers are hanging with them. Yeah. So so that's the thing. I mean, this is, this is just, it's not that good of a team around him. I mean, he's great. He had maybe the best year of his career in some statistical measures you could say that. Uh, and yet, you know, Kevin Love is, is a, a good player, but, you know, not the player that he used to be, it doesn't appear. And then after that, you know, you, you don't really have any all-stars. And, and, you know, nowadays in the NBA, if you don't have, you know, three or four all-stars, it feels like you are not a title contender. Yeah. Again, point at the Spurs. The Spurs had one this year, and they're a seven seed. And they're going to get bounced in the first round. You know that's that's the difference. Kevin Love also might have just broken his hand. Oh God, really? Uh, well, he got kneed in the hand trying to make a steal, and then they gave Man, up the bucket, and immediately he went to the bench. That's another thing with him; he cannot stay in one piece since he went there. It seems like it's the hands. He's got it, the knuckle push yeah. that really screwed him up. Yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess. Uh, no, who knows, man? I mean, it uh, it feels like the end for LeBron in Cleveland, and if so, I would I would hope 
and I say this, you know, knowing that it won't be because people don't do this anymore, but I, I would hope people just can handle it somewhat maturely and, and, you know, realize he went back there. He delivered on what he said he was going to do, which is try to win a title. He did. He got him to two other finals. You know, is he supposed to stay there the rest of his life? Like, I don't think so. I mean, that's what free agency is about. I think he's going to go to the new favorite in the East. Philly? Yeah, buddy. Maybe, maybe. Uh, that would be an interesting fit. Uh, you know, the, Cause, well, because he could the, relax. He, 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 he could. could not have to – if he played – if it's really about winning titles and not about winning yeah. MVPs – he could, yeah. you know, he could play 60, 65 <laughs> games as the yeah. as the expectation. Yeah, I mean, he could. There's there's definitely pieces there. You could make the same argument for if he went to Houston and played with, you know, Paul and Harden. But the question is, and I like LeBron. I'm a huge fan of LeBron. Always have been. Can he make that adjustment in his game? I don't know if he can. I mean, he has had. He's been the. The, the dominant persona, even on those heat teams with Wade Bosch, he still was the dominant guy on that team. I, I actually don't think 16. he can. I don't think he can go to Philly. I don't think Philly's a good fit. I think Houston they would make work because yeah. Paul and Harden are such good shooters. But yeah. you completely devalue Ben Simmons with LeBron on the team because LeBron needs to have the ball. And yes, you know, so it, Ben Simmons. Yeah, it I mean, it, it would almost like, be if I was Philly. Not that not saying that he's as good of a player, but Paul George would almost be a better fit for what we're trying to do as a team. I agree. Than LeBron. I agree. Look, yeah, you build around yeah. LeBron. If LeBron says he wants to go there, you you do it. But, sure, sure. But no, I, I agree. I mean, there is some there's some trepidation for me thinking you know you because we've been down this road with LeBron. Oh, you put LeBron and I mean, I thought LeBron and Kevin Love. It was going to be a match made in heaven, and it just has never really worked. And and so I look at the way Ben Simmons plays, the fact he's not a shooter at all, that everything kind of flows through him having the ball and then either getting to the basket or distributing it to other guys. And I don't know if that works with LeBron because LeBron's not a spot-up outside shooter. You know, you're not bringing in LeBron to shoot, you know, five, six, seven threes a game. You're bringing him in because he's LeBron James. So I, yeah, I don't, I don't know now how it works in Houston. I don't know either, um, because you're right. Paul and Harden are good shooters, but they're also ball handlers. I mean, James Harden, you know, he he, he handles the ball a lot. So does Chris Paul as a point guard. Is there enough ball to go around with those three? I I don't know. It'd be interesting to see, obviously, and you know, and then what do you put around them? You'd have to almost gut the rest of that team to get LeBron. So uh, you know, it'll it'll be a as always with him, it'll be the story of the offseason. The Milwaukee Bucks. That's where he goes. <laughs> Maybe he'll go to the Spurs. Take over for Kawhi Leonard. Wow. Oladipo just got his pocket picked. That was embarrassing. They pressed him, and they picked his pocket. Did they? And it wasn't, it wasn't who you would expect. It was J.R. Smith. There J- you go. J.R. Smith decided to play some defense. That's and, the thing. And, I mean, uh, you know, J.R. Smith plays well, and this team's totally different, but you can't count on him from night to night. Yeah. I mean, that was impressive, though. So the the Pacers inbound the ball uh, from the sideline into the backcourt, and Smith just runs up on Oladipo, drives him back, drives him back, and then Oladipo coughed it up, and Smith got a layup. It was, a, it was such an anti-J.R. Smith play. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, 
the, a team that we didn't really talk about much yet, and I think we should at least give mention to them, is in the West, the Rockets are yeah. just a machine. Best team in the NBA this year, and, and you know, the likely MVP, I think. Um, which, the good Lord that, willing, he should be. When that becomes official, we'll, we'll, we should take a moment to appreciate that, uh, you know, but I, I don't want to do it till it's official. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, they are a very good team. Now, the T-Wolves pushed them a lot in game one, um, you know, played them, played them tough. Now, the, they didn't shoot well. You know, the Rockets did not have their typical outside shooting success. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I would love to see them play Golden State. You know, that's the matchup everybody's wanted to see all year since they got Chris Paul and they've had this success. Like you, you want to see them have a chance to take down the, the team that's, you know, owned the West the last three years and see what they can do. Yeah. It'll be fun. It will. It will. I mean, it's it's uh you know it's it's been we've talked about this in in you know the last few months like the NBA is rising and and uh, a lot of the reasons are what's going on in the playoffs. You talk about Anthony Davis. You talk about uh, you know Giannis and and you know the Celtics and their success early in the year, especially and and uh, you know Oklahoma City with Westbrook and. I mean, there's a lot of Houston, obviously, and the success they've had. There's a lot of fun stories in the NBA. And then you throw in, you know, you've still got the Warriors. You've still got LeBron. The things that have carried the NBA the last three years, they're still there. They haven't gone away. You've just got all these other things that have built up around them. Yeah. Is there anything else? Did I miss anything? I don't think so. Do we want to quickly, you know, I think last year you did pick the Penguins to win the Cup, and you were right. I mean, the playoffs have started. One team's already advanced. Do we want to make a Stanley Cup pick? Penguins over Golden Knights. Okay. All right. All right. Well, you know, again, they are the one team that's advanced, so I'll give you that. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go Predators over. Well, no, I'm going to go Predators win the West, and I'm going to say, who do I want out of the East? Uh, I'm tempted to take the Penguins. I'll go Penguins, but I'll go Nashville wins. Ooh, I like it. Why not? Just for something different. Rematch of last year's finals. I'll be 100% honest with you. I had to pick Vegas because I knew they were in the West, and, <laughs> and I wasn't going to pick one of the California teams. Okay. So. okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, it's Nashville's playing Colorado, I think. Uh, Sharks are playing the Ducks, but I'm pretty sure the Sharks are up 3-0. So... That yeah. series is nearly over. And then the other series I'm blanking on. Yeah, I, don't know. I got nothing. I, I should know. Asheville. Oh, uh, Winnipeg, Minnesota. Those are two teams that just don't feel like West. Yeah, yeah, they really don't. You're right. Yeah, yeah. But I think Winnipeg's up in that series. I should know this. Love the peg. Big fan of That's the right. peg. That's right. The, the uh, former... Phoenix Coyotes yeah. relaunched as the Winnipeg Jets as the former Atlantis Rashers. Yeah. It's all very confusing. Hartford, the whale. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could get that team back. If we got the Winnipeg Jets back, I, I'm not giving up hope. Yeah, I'm going to tell you this about this Cavs team. Kyle Korver and J.R. Smith playing defense makes them really fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. they are trying and they are 
affecting the outcome. Yeah. All right, I'm turning it on here. You got my attention. There's, it's a three-point game with 36 seconds left. And that it's – I don't know. I'm just a big fan. And ooh, Cleveland just turned the ball over. Collison sold that. Yes, he did. <laughs> he sold that. He's – I was going to make that an was, inappropriate comment, but I'm going to restrain myself. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've got some confusion, it seems like, whether there's a timeout or not. Should we have a commercial break? LeBron's going to tell the refs. LeBron knows. Right. Yeah. Okay, commercial. The there Pacers want to reset. That's all I'm, all I'm saying. Okay. Um, God, the Cavs got off to a great start in this game, too. When I was, when I was uh, driving home, I think they were up by like 15 in the first quarter. Yeah. It's been a slow – this is one of those games where the Pacers have creeped back and creeped back and creeped back, but they haven't climbed the mountain and tied no. it yet. And – you know, I'm just, they're spending a lot of energy to even get there. I'm not sure if they make it, it'll matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's definitely a big one for the Cavs to hang on to. If you're going to control the game, you got to finish it. Yeah. So, we're going to leave it as a cliffhanger. We're going to find out what happens right. offline. Yes. And uh, maybe we'll talk about it next week, but we're also going to do our quick run-through of the draft next week. Yep. Yeah, maybe we'll do a little little top of the draft mock, I suppose. We could, you know, how we think it's going to play out, first five picks or so. Quarterbacks, all quarterbacks. Could be. Mason Could Rudolph be. is yeah. going top six. That's Everyone <laughs> Everyone gets a quarterback, and that way I'll good guys that. will fall to the Packers. I will, I will take that bet right now that Mason <laughs> Rudolph does not go top six. Right now, how many quarterbacks top ten? I'm saying four. four. Yeah. I think four. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. I think maybe only two top five. I could see it, it go just Browns and Jets, and then you see teams trade up in to the six through ten range. Yeah, I think that's a good call. All right, well, All right. we'll be back. We're going to do it next week. We're going to talk it out. We're going to let you know what we think about stuff, and uh, you let us know if uh, there's anything we need to discuss because – Let's be honest, our social media following is not great, <laughs> and our social media presence is even worse. Yeah. So until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.